With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the preview show from us here at Heart and Hand. My name is David Edgar and I am your host as we look ahead for the first time this season because we've had a game every Thursday apart from this one. Uh, the first time this season we'll look ahead to a fixture as we have one of those oh-so-rare and oh-so-wonderful Saturday 3pm kickoffs as Livingston travel to Ibrox. Joining me to discuss the match is my good friend James Forrest. Hello, James. Hello, David. Nice to speak to you. And I never thought I'd be this excited for a game against Livingston. Yeah, International Week um, increasingly becoming more and more of a jail sentence for fans who aren't particularly keen on international football, which I think we've we've seen a lot of um, over the last few years among the Rangers support. But one of the things, James, that, that I've noticed this week as people have been talking, it's not unique to Rangers fans that uh, this if you like, disinterest in the national team. It does appear to almost be regionalised in a way or perhaps due to, to maybe people's perception of themselves politically and whatnot. But there are less and less people who are following international football in Scotland. And I don't think it can exclusively be put at the, at the feet of Rangers supporters. No, I don't think it can. Um, you look at the attendance for the game against Belgium, you would think that that of any of the games in Scotland's qualifying group, that would be the sellout. And there were loads of empty seats um, that, that you could see, you know, if it wasn't, if the camera wasn't kind of in the prime position, you saw at the sides and whatnot, it looked almost empty in parts. So there is, I think, uh, an overall kind of malaise to the idea of international football in this country. And as you rightly say, not just here, you look on Twitter accounts, for example, the Roma one, you know, they, they put out something saying along the lines of 
oh, we can't wait for... I'm so bored. <laughs> Aye, exactly. And uh, I saw one from Borussia Dortmund today where it was like, I don't know if you've seen this video, the two wee boys running toward each other and giving each other hugs. Yeah. Football fans and club football, like, above their heads. So uh, that is a general feeling. But the problem is that's not that's not the case for countries like Kosovo, for example. And they'd be a very good example because they live for watching their national team. And of course, they have a reason for. Uh, I think it's, you know, there are some countries where club football is just so much bigger and they tend to be the bigger countries. So, you know, they are going to care much more about the club than they will about the country. And I think that is the case in Scotland too. Yeah, I had a friend who said to me that, um, I wonder if you get the same thing in, in England as you do about the national team. And I said, well, you, you do tend to with bigger clubs. I mean, there are very, you know, Liverpool fans have always had a strange relationship with the England national team. Manchester United fans most certainly do, Republic of Mancunia and all that sort of stuff. So uh, it's not unique. And in a country like ours, which is dominated by two big clubs, then that, that probably makes sense. And that's before you kick in um, various political things and whatnot over the last few years. But we're not here talk about that um uh, we're here to talk about rangers and talk about our fixture at the weekend with livingston rangers had had an almost perfect start to the season uh, going into the first september weekend but of course that was brought to a rather juddering halt by a very disappointing home 2-0 defeat to celtic in the old firm match um we covered that uh, in our, our post-match pod uh, uh which is available on itunes anywhere you you get your pod but, James, it, it gives Rangers absolutely no wiggle room. We've got to be winning our home matches if we have to have any chance of winning this title. Livingston come to Ibrox, not very fancied, but will be in pretty good spirits themselves after making a, a, a decent start to the season. To be honest, we should be winning every single home game uh, anyway. So, you know, the fact that, the fact that we lost our, our last... The last game there was a huge disappointment in that respect. Uh, there's a chance for a few players to right some wrongs with that. And you would also possibly say the coaching staff, because some of the decisions they made, I think, were wrong. So um, there's, there's a reaction to be seen there. And I think it's a good opportunity against uh, a, a Livingston side who continue to surprise me. You know, I, I always think that they're going to be you know, part of that bottom four in the league, but they've had a decent start. I think Gary Holt has certainly worked out what works for the group of players that he has and is absolutely going to utilise that. But we absolutely have the quality of player to be able to overcome that, so nothing less than three points will be acceptable in any way whatsoever. Rangers fans, uh, of course, boosted by the return of Ryan Kent. Um, deadline day, Stephen Gerrard said that he would wait until the last minute of the last day before giving up hope of getting Ryan Kent and he, he damn near needed to, Ryan Kent arriving and being announced at midnight on the Monday slash Tuesday I suppose technically um, as the window shut, uh, it's a big investment for us James, it's an awful lot of money but he's a player I think if you watched him last season and his scope for improvement over the next few seasons, it's very difficult not to get very excited about. I'm still, I'm still grinning from 
that night uh, for many reasons. In fact, you know, it was it was a wonderful evening, kind of the build up. And listen, I'm sure that that deal was done at like nine or something like that, and they were just wanting to wait till midnight just to just have a bit of fun. It felt like that, but um, it's huge. It's massive. It's the second highest transfer fee that we've ever paid for a player, and. You know, it will. I think it will prove to be worth it both on the field and in terms of a future selling value. Because when you take into account the English tax that you get on all transfers for an English player, and you know the likelihood is that he would go back to England, you know we will we will make a very good profit on him if he continues to develop the way that we saw him develop, even in the in the season that we had with him last year. So it's it's bold. And I think if you look at our whole transfer window in a wider context, I think we've been incredibly bold. And I don't think in any way you can suggest that the board have not backed the coaching staff this term. Uh, far from it, in fact. You know, when was the last time we spent about 11.5 million at least on, on players coming in and taking into account we've kept our two absolute key players in Alfredo Morales and James Tavernier as well um, yeah. with an excellent window I think Yeah uh, we'll come to that but one of the things that had been mentioned by Rangers fans I think the majority opinion was just delighted to have Kent back understandably he's a very good player we liked him and let's face it he desperately wanted to come to us and that's always nice you, you know you want a player who's keen to to join you especially a player who has options uh, as he had but there have been some concerns raised by Rangers fans was this the best use of that money um could Rangers have perhaps strengthened across a number of positions rather than putting all their eggs in in one basket I would maybe tend to agree with you that look he is quality and not only that is he's going to get better he's at the right age he will have resale value it might not prove that way every transfer is a gamble but it is a legitimate shout I suppose to say well maybe we could have got a couple of players is that fair or should it just be the case look the manager wanted him and that's the end of it I think we've kind of done that as well though I think we have strengthened in many positions you look at Centre-back, for example, we brought in Edmondson, who I think will be a good long-term investment, and a Swedish international defender in Philip Hellander. Um, our midfield looks a lot stronger than what it did last term. I think Joe Rebo has been an excellent acquisition. You know, we've brought in players in, in the wide areas as well, which just gives us a plethora of options um, in terms of attacking midfielders. So, I, I think we've been, you know, we've, we've done what we've needed to do across the board, I, I believe, in terms of those possessions. Uh, so I think the money's there. The money was there, obviously, from us qualifying for the Europa League. Yeah, I think I, that was a factor, definitely. I, I don't think Ryan Kent comes to Rangers on a permanent deal had we not qualified. I uh, agree with that. So, you know... So another way of looking at it is almost saying because you think you know that's ten million that we get from being in the group stages of Europa League. So you're almost saying, well, how do you feel about it's three million or two and a half million, but you're getting Ryan Ken? I think that's still you're you're still ending up better in the deal. I think so. I no, I I don't think it would be fair for us to say you know it might it might have been better suited 
looking elsewhere in the field because I think in a sense we've done that and also just the impact the signing is going to make on opposition teams is huge. Yeah, I, I, I've got to be honest, I wanted them. And I do understand those concerns that people put forward and they are very logical and I get them. Um, but I may be letting my heart roll my head here because he's a player I just loved watching and I do think he's going to get better. That's the thing. Um, I, I know people have said, well, look at his stats last season and there were games, you know, he was quiet. And then all of that is true. And listen, there'll be games he'll be quiet in this season. You know, Just because we've spent this amount of money doesn't mean that he's, he's going to turn into Lionel Messi. But he's not... You know, we, we tend to think that players are fixed and it works both ways. It, we'll sign an older player and assume he's what he was five years ago. Players change throughout their career and I think Kent is going to get better. I think he's going to improve year on year, especially now he's settled and he feels settled and he's at the club he wants to be at. Uh, he strikes me as, as the kind of young man who he's, he's obviously a very intelligent guy um i think that comes across and he strikes me as the type of guy that needs to feel happy and secure personally before he can display his best and i think we'll, we'll get all that out of him james you mentioned there um, what may well be to largely overlooked but hugely significant factors in the window and that is that james tavernier and alfredo morelos have remained at the club um both have uh, been such pivotal players for us this season. Uh, I don't think Tav's quite got up to his form of last season yet, but even at that, there's still plenty of, of you could point to assists already this season and game-changing moments he's had. But Morelos has been on fire, and having him for an extra season, more than we probably anticipated, especially as he is certainly so far showing no signs of a huff or anything like that, but not getting a move, he's, he's been terrific. This is this is massive for us. To get quality in on our existing quality as opposed to having to maybe lose some to bring them in. I was you know, certain that Morelos was going to get sold because it felt very early on that there was going to be plenty of suitors either in England or on the continent who would see a, a young, talented striker who has still got plenty of improving to do. And, you know, they would take punt on that. And I thought we'd get in around about the sort of 15 to 18 million pounds for him. And that would be money that we could use to bring in someone like Brian King. Um, I never thought in my wildest dreams that we would have, you know, a strike force of Brian Kent and Alfredo Morelos. And they would be our guys. Um, that never crossed my mind. I was also concerned that had he not left, there would have been this you know, thing of him being upset that he's not got his big move. But it's fair to say there's been no huff from no, no. you know, it's been it's been very professional from him so far, and he's he's been vital to us. You know, he scores the goal that gets us into the Europa League, so absolutely. he's been absolutely crucial. It's, it's Brilliant. And having Tav there as well, and I think a lot of people thought when Daniel Kindeus left, for example, you know, is, is Tavernier going to be as effective? Because there was always this feeling that we well, don't get as good a James Tavernier without Daniel Kindeus in front of him. I think he's been okay so far, and I actually think that Scott Arfield will more often than not be the player that will be in front of him. And those two, along with Ryan Jack, will make a very, very solid right-hand side in the main. So, no, I'm delighted that, that they both stayed. And you think of the goals that they will contribute to in either goals or assists or penalties. 
um, that will be very, very high. But they, you know, they need help across the board as well. And I think that we've got the players that can do that. A lot of positives going into the to the match, but also um, we have to be honest and say negatives. A, a very flat old firm performance. Rangers were were poor, desperately poor in this match. Um, Celtic came with uh, a game plan that I think was much different to what we expected. They sat in deep. They denied us room. They uh, they pressed as a team on occasion. They changed the way they play to to combat us, and it worked. Um, Rangers had no answer. I think. We made our own mistakes that day. I, I didn't like the shape. Um, I didn't like the team. It's it's not me being, I'm so clever. Um, it's not me going, I told you so. Because every Rangers fan I spoke to going into that ground said the same thing when they saw the team of, mm, that's not going to work. And I think the manager has to has to take that criticism because I think it's, it's, it's uh, very much fair. But this is uh, a match where now players have had a couple of weeks to recharge because we've had a lot of games and that is a fair thing to say the, the emotions of the Thursday night etc but they've had extra couple of weeks to work and this does strike me James as an opportunity to maybe have a look at some of the players that we haven't had a look at now I'm not in any way advocating a sort of East Fife team where we you know we turn up and make eight nine ten changes I'm not talking about that um, but with all due respect to Livingston at home, we certainly should be capable of bringing in a few players to freshen the side up. Um, I'll be interested to see if Ryan Kent starts. Obviously, he hadn't been playing regularly. Um, I think it would give the fans a boost. I'd be tempted to just put him in from the start um, and maybe say to him, we'll give you an hour today, but but start him. But the manager, who does tend to be a bit more cautious and things like this, it wouldn't surprise me if he was on the bench. However... I would like to have a look at a couple of players in particular. One is Philip Hellander and the other is Andy King. They were two of the three that I was going to mention for this game, actually. Um, I think this is the kind of game where you don't need to have Stephen Davis, Ryan Jack, Glenn Kamara all playing. I think you can have Stephen Davis. I'd have Joe Arable back in his more natural central midfield position and I would have Andy King alongside them uh, as part of that midfield because surely we should be able to have two attacking midfielders in there and you know, still be able to cope with what Livingston are going to uh, give us um, it would be interesting to see what kind of player we are getting because I think that you know limited appearances off the bench don't really give you an indication of is King going to be like Arable as a, as a kind of attacking midfielder number 10, or is he going to be closer to Ryan Jack? We don't know yet. Um, I think that would be a good opportunity to do that. Central defence, um, there's been talk, and there's been talk on the Patreon website, um, about the idea of Katic and Helander playing together being one that might not necessarily work because they're two quite similar defenders and you maybe need to have a bit of variety in that respect. And I can absolutely see where, where people are coming from with that. I think Katic will be of more use to us on Thursday against Feyenoord. So I would be tempted to give him a place on the bench for this game and allow Helander to start. I don't think... I don't think Katic would be too upset about missing out on Livingston for the sake of being ready for Feyenoord, for example. So I think there's there's a bit of management to be done there. 
I also wonder whether this would be the kind of game, and I agree, by the way, I would I would see Ryan Kent start, and I think give him the hour, I think it makes sense. I wonder whether Brandon Barker starting might be something we could do as well. Just uh, He's still coming back from injury, though, so I think he's... Issue there. Yeah, I still, I don't think he's had, uh, he's had significant game time. So I, I, under normal circumstances, I think you'd be right. Um, it may be a game for someone like Greg Stewart, who certainly hasn't had many minutes, um, but has, you know, obviously, he, you would think these are the type of games he's been signed for to let you rest players, um, especially with, as you say, Feyenoord coming up midweek. The we do have a big squad of guys like Stuart, Doherty, etc., and it could be a time to look at them. The players who've been away on international duty, Borna Barisic, um, he played for Croatia when he was away. Stephen Davis, you mentioned, um, with Northern Ireland. Joe Aribo got his first international goal on his debut for Nigeria. He's been away. But of those players, I'd be tempted to try and use, if you like, the, the boost that a rebo I'd maybe rest Davis because you know he's, he's an older player and uh, you have to be careful with him and, and again we'll need him for the match against Feyenoord but I would be tempted to just almost use the the good feeling that Barisic and Aribo have have generated and and the fact that they did play for the nations and and it must have been good for their confidence if they arrive back and there's no wear and tear or whatever I, I think I'd be tempted to go with both of them. Um. Yes, actually, yeah, I would, I would be, I'd be hopeful that Barisic would start as well for for that reason. Um, and Arabo's been getting a lot of praise for his um, for his Nigeria debut, getting the goal and the overall performance. Incidentally, congratulations to Stephen Davis for uh, equaling you know the catch record for Northern Ireland for an outfield player. I've no doubt he will break the overall record because I think it's only like six. Well, I think, seven yeah, I, I, he he did break the he took it from Aaron Hughes. Um, the outfield player, but he's he's still got Pat Jennings to overcome. Um, I well, should also say Glenn Kamara got some good applause for Finland. He did, yes. Um, he got robbed by Bobby Madden. For those of you who may not um follow that, he was playing for Finland against Italy, and Italy were uh, handed the three points with a dodgy penalty awarded by Bobby Madden. So, uh, not a feeling. I think there'll be that unusual to Glenn Kamara. He must be thinking, God, even at international level, I just can't escape these guys. It's ridiculous. Um, but he, that, that's, he's an interesting case because he's been playing in a slightly different role to what we're used to. If we, we imagine Glenn Kamara, we think of him as someone who can play as a holding midfielder or as a more physical presence in that midfield three, whereas with Finland, he plays slightly further up. So that might be an option as well. If you're not going to play Andy King from the start, then you maybe let Glenn Kamara push on a wee bit and see what you can do there. Um, I think I think what we're going to start to see, particularly with European games upcoming, is we are going to see a bit more scoreboard rotation because we've got the squad to handle that. We've got you know enough players and enough good players for these kind of games that you know, we should be doing that. I I, I would be disappointed. If we played the exact same team against Livingston and Feyenoord, that would just be a total waste of the squad depth that we have at our disposal. If that happens, James, I think that that is an indicator that the manager doesn't trust some of the players that he's brought in, because you're correct. If we, When we sign these players in the summer, now we know that we've signed certain players and they're going to play. Aribo, 
uh, Ryan Kent, etc. We get that. But the the reason the Stuarts and Kings and whatnot were brought in were to surely for these matches, uh, you know, because we, you're not going to put them in when we're going to play at Parkhead or at Pataudry, um, and you're not going to play them against Feyenoord, so surely it's for, with all, again, with all due respect, Livingston, who are a good team and continue to punch above their weight, but these are the kind of games that your squad players should be capable of coming in and making an impact in. I think there is a handful of players, and you mentioned a couple guys like Greg Doherty, um, guys like Greg Stewart even, even though he's just arrived, if they don't feature in these kind of games, I think their future at Ibrox is very bleak. No, I would agree with that. So, James, can I have a prediction from you for the match on Saturday? So, I think it will probably start off a little bit stuffy because of the way Livingston play, but I think one goal opens the floodgates. So, I'm going to go for a comfortable 3-0 win for the famous yeah, well, that's the money. The, sorry, that's the bet to get your money on, folks, because that's what I've got in my head as well. So I'll go for 3-0 to the famous on Saturday as well. Very much looking forward to a Saturday 3pm kickoff. It almost feels quaint at this stage. If you want to hear more from us, we will, of course, be back on Monday. Um, just wherever you got this podcast is where you will be able to get that. We'll have a full review of the game and a look ahead to the Feyenoord match next week. Um, but if you cannot wait that long, then please come and join our community on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you will get around about five hours content every single day. You don't have to listen to all of it. It's like a staunch Netflix. You can pick and choose everything from daily news roundups to lookbacks to in-depth previews to in-depth analysis, tactical analysis of the matches. We've got it all. So please come from just $1.99 per month. You will get content that will see you through your working week. So it's a good place to come. Over 4,000 people there as we speak, and it's growing every single day. My thanks then to our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Paul Myers, and to my guest, Mr James Forrest. Thank you, David. It's great to have the Rangers back once again. It certainly is. Thanks, folk. We'll talk to you on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.